Hedgehaw-law! Hedgehaw-law! I don't speak the Japanese words, but, but I, I will know try to Dragon say some Ball. stuff. Sparking. Sparking. Hello, everyone. I am Shane the Beard One, and welcome to what is sure to be a an extremely chaotic but musically driven episode of The Gap, the generic anime podcast. I am your host for today, and you might be asking, well, Shane, why are you hosting? That's because hmm. our fearless leader, Legion Rex, is not here. Um, He what? had some... Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Uh, he had some... Sparking. He had some... Shut the fuck. We're already <laughs> off. It's already happening, dude. But, yeah, our, our, our host, Matt Legion Rex, could not make it tonight. He had a last-minute um, situation at home, so he could not attend. So I am taking over full hosting duties for this episode. So with me is my co-host, Spencer. How you doing today, buddy? It's... It's been a while. It's it. It was a nice hat. It was a nice hat, dude. Tara would have loved that shit. Tara would have loved it. It was such a nice hat. It's, it's also hat. big news. It is big, big news. news. I can't remember the last That's episode right. that we had the big news icon on for you. I know. So, yeah, it's it. it it's, your boy Spencer is back as the big news Morgans, the god king of the journalistic world of One Piece himself. Yes, it is me. Uh, yes, this hasn't happened since King's Game. Yes, this is going to be hell. Yes, this is going to be one of the podcast episodes of all time. And I can't believe that we get to share it with each other. Yeah, it is. What better way to experience this than together? So, yeah. Uh, it's the gonna two, be a, the two May boys. Yeah, the two the, the the two meme boys, the two Kings game boys, back at it again. Yep. But uh, we got a wonderful show in store for you. We've got our typical stuff. We got some simulcast stuff. We got some mm -hmm. simul pubs. We got a little bit of news, not too too much. And then mm -hmm. we have our featured anime of the podcast, which was my pick: the first season of Sympho Gear. So. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into the menagerie. Uh, let's start with simulcast. And unfortunately, yet again, I have nothing to contribute. Um, this is what happens when you haven't worked a full-time job in over a year. Um, you kind of kind of get back into the swing of things. So, you know, after work, when I'm home, I'm just like, man, what am I going to do tonight? And then I do stuff. Sometimes it's anime, sometimes it isn't. Um, but I still have yet to watch anything new airing this season. Hopefully, by next podcast, that will be changed. But it looks like you're once again carrying simulcast. So, Spencer, what have you been yes. watching? Uh, let's see. I have been watching a couple of shows. I'm about an episode or two behind on, on a couple of shows. Um, so I'll be spending time talking about the shows that I've been catching up on, as well as maybe some other random shit. Um, so I have been catching up on My Home Hero, um, which has Dizzy Sunfist doing the ED, and it's very good, um, because it's Dizzy Sunfist who was the one good part of X-Arm, uh, if you remember. They did the ED, and I believe they also may have done the OP as well. I, I think, think they own No, oh. I think it was only the OP. Only the OP. You know, that, like, hard, you know... 2007 to like 2009 punk pop rock yeah that that shit 
Um, both the the OP is also good. It's a real shame the show isn't. And it's not to say that like the concept is bad. <laughs> the concept isn't bad. You, you know, father kind of loses his mind. You know, murders his daughter's abusive yakuza boyfriend. Like. And then has to hide the body. Oh, and, you know, that's this show. Okay. Yeah, that's that's this show. Yes. Um, really unique concept, or not unique, but it it's a cool concept. So I guess yeah, you could call it unique. But the problem is that the show looks terrible. It is unfortunate. Ass looking. I mean, I, and I'm not the one to be like, well, you know, it has to have the best animation and have to have, you know, ha- has to be shot on twenty fours. No, unfortunately, this is just flat and and really boring and choppy uh it's not great but i mean the concept cool and if it looked better um my home hero would probably be better but so far i mean for like soundtrack and like opd they're still re- real good and you know the concept's neat unfortunately the uh animation really lets it down yeah um which for mercury uh gundam is incredible okay. So, yes. How many war crimes this week? Um they're setting up for multiple war crimes. Excellent. What That's what I there's, love to hear. They're setting up for more of the stuff from Gundam that we love. That of course being war crimes, uh possible child soldiers. Yep. Um possible clones of children that were murdered and then had their consciousness melded with the information highway in order to power a Gundam. So you mean Metal Gear Rising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, basically. Um, it's good. It's Gundam. Gundam isn't bad. Gundam's great. Uh, and I mean, you got you fucking Gundam heads have been praising Witch from Mercury since it started. So yeah, it, I mean, it's it's the perfect Gundam for people that have never watched Gundam. Honestly, which means it's, I would love it. <laughs> yes, uh, even though you have watched Gundam. Uh, Here's the thing, you. though. I did not. I did not catch on to Gundam nearly as much as you did after we watched the OG. I no, was just like, no. this is good, but I'm not going to base my entire personality around this. You, on the other hand. It is, it is my entire personality now. Um, so much so that I bought the limited edition Gundam G Fuel with the Gundam Tumblr. Pretty good. And the gun. It, it's, it's, yeah, I know, it's, it ain't bad. It ain't uh, bad. But, uh, yeah, no, I would highly recommend after it's done uh, giving it a watch because it's also basically made like a billion trillion dollars. Yep. Um, single-handedly and, funding the, the Japanese government at this point. That's correct. Uh, I, c- I will continue to tell people to watch Skip to Loafer, or Skip and yes, Loafer. Yes, please! Uh, watch that shit. It's adorable, and it's incredible, and it's just so much fun, and it just melts your heart. Very good r- romance. Uh, just, like, if I have to sell it for people who are, like, skeptical in, like, ten seconds... It's one of those shows you would see on Twitter where it's a vibe show with the most ridiculous Sakuga imaginable for zero reason. And if that's yeah. your kind of show, please, please watch Skip to Loafer. Skip to Loafer, dope. Um, Blue Orchestra, um, which I'm watching, is, of course, a music show. Uh, it probably has my ED of the year so far. Oh, uh, okay. Personally, Um it is a like anime version. Uh, it is an anime like ED that uses um, canon and D. Interesting. Yeah, it's real good. I Great don't. ED. 
I don't even know what my ED of the year is. I know what my OP of the year is, but not my ED. Tell the fans, what's your OP of the year? Uh, my current OP of the year is the second OP for Vinland Saga Season 2. Uh, now, now... Survive set the two. prophet. That's why. Also, it's directed Survives by Tetsuya Rocky. Which is crazy. Man's, man's back to doing OPs. Great guy. Great king. Uh, but aside from that, really, I'm a couple of those behind on a bunch of stuff. Uh, good shit. Good shit. I've been mainly... Well, like I said, I haven't watched too, too much. Um... I mean, I mainly just been waiting for dubs on stuff. Most of them have started. The big one I was waiting for was Demon Slayer, and that finally started, so I can finally start oh, yeah, watching finally Swordsman dropped. Village. But other than I, that, yeah, I haven't, very, I haven't started Very anything. excited as two boys who have finished the manga mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. we know what's coming, and we know... Well, uh, spoilers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's me giving the people who don't want spoilers for Demon Slayer to, like click off or whatever um yeah today's episode was um tokito getting his mark okay so steven slayer mark nice yeah. nice nice so yeah Dude, we have th- we have that when, shit to look forward to when it gets to infinity fortress it's over yeah it's over it's jover it's jover it's 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 jover dude we win uh, but yeah no no we win um aside from that i mean that's what you're watching Dubs are yet dub dubs are fully up. I'm watching uh, Hell's Paradise and dubbed. Yep, same. Uh, that's and I'm watching um, what the f- the fucking body horror one that Disney picked up. Oh, Heavenly Delusion. Uh, he- Heavenly Delusion. Yeah, I'm watching yeah, that dub as well. I'm super surprised that they're simul dubbing that, given it's Disney. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's like months months in ad- advance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No, don't don't, don't worry. We'll have fucking. Uh, Tommy Time Machine Blues. When? Yeah. When to Disney? Be fair though. To Tommy, to uh, Tommy Galaxy never got dubbed to begin with, so they probably weren't going to do that anyway. No, true, true. But still, uh, even not dubbed, Disney held on to that for a while, and I'm just that like, is true. Yeah, they just they were just sitting on. They were like, should we release it now? A- Give me a morsel. I need my Shingo Godsame. I need yeah. him. I really need to, you to inject anything he does directly into my veins, please. Literally anything. I mean, listen, if Shingo Natsume went back and remade King's Game in his image, I'd watch it again. I would be proud to own the Blu-ray, even though that's not his version. It's it w- not, but it is a version. And it is a version. For the, for the fans out there, who bought you that version? Uh, my my fellow King's Game boy Spencer bought me the Blu-ray of King's Game the animation King's for Game Christmas. Animation. Merry Christmas! Merry to Christmas! Me. That's true. That's true. Uh, yo, can we get some some Merry Christmas chat real quick? Can yeah, can get we get some? some, some you know, can, can we get, get some, some? Oh shit! Yo 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 yo! Can we get some? Can we get some? Because he farted. Because he stinks. Because he's farted. This is what happens when you leave us alone. Matt's gonna watch this. And he's gonna be like, "God damn it! God damn it! This is God why." Damn it, those two. This is what happened with, with with King's Game. Man, it was such a nice hat. It was such a. It nice was hat. such a nice hat. Uh, Unironically, one of my favorite podcast moments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then all of a sudden, it, she. 
He has a filled up nice hat. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite edits I've ever done. That was a great edit. That was a really good edit. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, anyway, we should... we can we can move on from simulcast. Yes. Let's move into simulpub. Um, Ooh, there was shit. no One Piece this week, so wait. So you're telling me that? But but was One Piece still mad good this week? It was still crazy good this week. There we go. There we go. All I know for for yo yo yo. For our, our fellow peace heads out there, for our fellow one boys, for our fellow the one piece's real homies, uh, what's up with the pterodactyl? He comes from the moon. Crazy. <laughs> are you talking? Are you talking about King? Yeah, I'm talking about King. Fucking okay. So the thing is, the Lunarians aren't the moon people. What the fuck? The Lunarians in the world of One Piece are just like a really rare race of people who have dark skin, white hair, and they can control fire. That's it. They're not the moon people. (laughs) They're just called Lunarians with no attachment to the moon whatsoever. In that case, I take that shout out back. Uh, King, I'm glad that you got defeated by Zoro, right? Yeah, no. I mean, Sanji? Zoro? Yeah. Zoro, okay. And I mean, it's not... We could have talked about this in simulcast, but I'm going to bring it up here. Um, any of y'all out there who are anime onlys, you've been feasting these last few weeks. I have looked at the Sakuga that has been Holy sent in One Piece shit. chat, and I'm just like, oh, yes. Thank you, Toei, for paying your animators. I watched both episodes back to back. And at the end of the Sanji episode, I was like, peak fiction, goaded episode. Mm-hmm. They literally yep. cannot one up themselves. And yep, then you know, they Ra. put out the Zoro episode and that it was somehow better. Yeah. No. It's legit. Fucking Joy Boy is gonna be cracked, I swear to God. Joy Boy is gonna be the 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 single greatest episode of media, a piece of fiction ever in the history of the world since the great train robbery of nineteen twenty-nine or whatever it was, eighteen ninety something. Early cinema is what I'm saying. Just, you know. just listen, listen. All they need listen. to do is get Ishitani on to direct. Mm-hmm. Instant mm-hmm. eleven out of ten. Goaded best episode ever. Okay. All they need to do with 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 Joy Boy to beat the cinematic touchstone that is the jazz singer is not have Luffy in blackface. That, I know it'll I be think difficult. They can pull that off. But I think I think they can pull it off. I think they can have the man with the white hair not in blackface. Yes, I think they can manage so, that. So, yo, yo, can I get a shout out to no longer having blackface in fiction real quick? Yo, shout out to not. Yo, thank you. Yo, shout out to uh, no longer having blackface. Am I right? But <laughs> yeah, pubs. Yeah. Um. So other than One Piece, which did not have a chapter, but was still crazy good this week. Um. Oh, are you caught up on Kaisen? I am caught up on Kaisen. So you read today's chapter? Yes. Mm. Ooh boy. Ooh boy. Ooh boy. It's, I feel like it's been a long time since we've had just a straight action chapter like that with like literally as little dialogue as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And what a way to, what a way to start. What a way to start I'm, that fight. I mean, the best part is, you know, Obviously, we know Gojo's back. Yes. And he's extremely powerful, as we mm-hmm. all know. Yep. And he's facing off against Sukuna. And 
Oh boy. Mm. You know, you know it's going to be a goaded fight when literally the first bit of it is them throwing entire skyscrapers at each other. Yeah. It's peak fiction right there. Peak fucking fiction. Uh, there and was they're like the the panel where they're like falling through the building and there's all the doors yep. on the side. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. And it's just like and then just boof, gone. And then leveled, just annihilated. It's it's also very funny because they speak to each other like they're old friends. Yeah. Like, like, like the final like panel is them being like, I'm going to blame you. And Sukuna's like, nobody will believe you. But yeah, there's there's like a weird camaraderie there. Yeah, it's very weird considering that Sukuna is, you know, like a demonic mass murderer. Literally the embodiment of pure evil. And Gojo is hot. Very, very, very. Very hot. To be fair, Sukuna is too. But he's in, you know. Megabeat's body, yes. Yeah. Which which we don't stand. No, we do not. That is a that is a violation of basic human rights. Give our boy back. Hashtag give back the boy. Hashtag give back the boy. Uh there was no My Hero chapter this week, so nothing to report there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have not seen the end of the Dobby Endeavor fight, nor have we seen Iron Might. Oh, okay. So, not a lot to report there. Um, uh, is Mashal. there anything you've been reading? Mashal? Mashal. How's Mashal going? Um, I'm very behind. Uh, they're still on the final fight with the not Voldemort, but kind of Voldemort character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, like the, the, the evil god wizard who is now uh, transcended his humanity. Um, and all of the uh, all of the upper year squad, you know, like the guy that has like magic uh, music magic and the guy yep, who yeah, has yeah. like, yeah, yeah, they're all t- they're all helping mash to get up uh, to the demon and like defeat him. Nice. Uh, and mash is using, of course, his magic, which is... Um, Punching things really hard. Yeah, except this time it's flicking really hard. Oh. Has he has he uh, upgraded to, like... He's upgraded to, like, the teasing Okay, thing so... Now? His... It's finger extensor magic. Gaia burst. This manga is stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. Incredibly um, stupid. Very stupid. Because, uh, so basically, what happened was, um, by the time that the magic guy cast his spell, um, he released his finger faster than zero point one seconds. He began his attack and has wagered everything on settling this fight in point one second. Huh. It's dope, dude. Mashal's dope. It's I really need to get back you on You really that. need to get back on it. And of course Black Clover. Um mm-hmm, yeah. really, really, really good shit. Yeah. Like like top like all of them are on are firing on all cylinders. You know, uh Akutani is firing on all cylinders. Um Fujimoto is chainsaw motorcycle. What is going on with Chainsaw Man lately? 
I don't ask questions anymore, dude. I just let like I, I just let Fujimoto cook and he just, you know, pulls out twelve course entrees and you're just like, mm, yes. Finally, it is here. Like I didn't, uh, think, I didn't think that Fujimoto could lose his mind more than he already has. And then I read the last two chapters of Chainsaw Man, and I'm convinced he does not have a psyche anymore. No, no, I think he sold it. He sold it definitely. Just like Toru's nice hat. It, Am I right? God, he would have loved that hat, dude. He would have I, loved I wish that he, hat. I wish he could have gotten it. I, unfortunately, couldn't get the hat. Couldn't get the hat? Very, he was too busy getting yeah. cucked. Yep, he was too busy getting cucked. But hey, let me give you a haircut first. Yeah. Let me give you a haircut while I uh, exposition my entire backstory to you. It, it, it's a pretty sad backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Fujimoto's backstory. Yeah. Which I is just, I he's an insane person. He's an insane person who tries to levitate and shit. An incredibly uh, insane person. An incredibly insane person. A bonkers insane person. But um, uh, what, el- what else have you been reading? Is that pretty much uh, it? Pretty much it, yeah. I'm not caught up fully on Tenmaku City, and I'm not caught up on Kill Blue, uh, which, if you haven't read Kill Blue yet, uh, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It's really good. Art's really nice. Sell it um, for me in ten words or less. Okay, one second. Um, uh, old man... Old Hitman... Okay, that, that's two. That's so one. Old Hitman, stung by wasp, becomes kid, still old man. That that's just crazy enough to work. You could also replace the the last three words with mentally still old. <laughs> mentally still old is it is in the body of like a ten year old, but is mentally like eighty three. Yeah, basically. He he gets stung by a wasp on a um like doing a hit, and then he wakes up and the wasp is like a bioengineered insect that when it stings somebody, it like messes with their cells and reverts their body back to a younger age. Mm-hmm. Um so now he has to go undercover in a middle school. Um but he still has all of his skills and knowledge, and, like, he's still himself. He just is in, in like, a body that looks like it should be, like, 13. Gotcha. It's really cool. It's radical. Okay. Um, okay. I am a few chapters it. behind on Tenmaku, though, and I really want to catch up. You can catch up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I think, if there's nothing else, I think we can just go nope. right... Into... The news, which I've heard is big. It's big news. Is it big though? I mean, it's, one of them is a One Piece story, so it is kind it's of. It's One Piece news. All right, so we got four stories mm. to cover today. Most of it mm. is from the uh, map event that happened last weekend, but of course, the outlier is fucking One Piece. So let's start with that. So. One Piece Day in Japan has officially been slated for July 21st. So let's read. Bandai Namco Entertainment, Shueisha, and Toei Animation confirmed on Monday that they will once again hold One Piece Day, a two-day event commemorating the anniversary of the debut of Eiichiro Oda's One Piece manga. The event will take place at the Tokyo Big Sight Convention Center on July 21st and 22nd with a live stream on YouTube worldwide. 
The event will feature a cheering screening of the One Piece film red anime on the first day, when shouting and cheering will be allowed. Damn. <laughs> Please watch the movie without any, any noise whatsoever. And the second day, we'll have a stage event featuring cast members and announcements on One Piece merchandise as well as other activities. So, I don't know the whole history behind One Piece Day. I don't know how long this thing has been going on. But um, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, not gonna lie. Uh, not going to lie at all. Let me just check real quick. Hey, can you play the uh, Spencer's checking his phone quick music? Oh, yeah. It's no use! Thanks. Okay, keep going. Uh, nice cock. Okay, 2017 it started. Oh, no, that's right. Yo! Yo! Uh, anyway. Since 2017. Okay, so it's not that. You know, if I had read the rest of the article, I would have known that, because it, it, the, literally the next sentence says, since 2017. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I am an incredible host. But yeah. Hey, um, you would have given a great haircut to, to I would the main have, character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. Just a, an encore screening of film red and some merchandise stuff. Um, obviously, events like this tend to keep things hidden until the actual day of the event, just to keep surprise up. So we'll see mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. else can happen, especially since this, this is for July. Do you mm -hmm. think the big the big thing in my mind that I'm thinking, do you think there will be any potential Netflix news at this event? I wouldn't be surprised. I've heard that Netflix internally has a new poster for One Piece. I know I can see you. Hi, Caitlin. My older sister is here down from Ottawa. Um, Hello, Caitlin. Which, which, oh, Caitlin! Shane says hi! Hello! She says hi. Uh, ironically, I was at my older sister's um, when uh, we did Kingsgate. I remember so, that. Yeah, you were up in Ottawa, yeah, right? I was up in Ottawa. I was on vacation. So, kinda, it all, what goes around it, comes back what goes around, around again, dude. Comes around, comes dude. full circle. Yo, can I get some Tite Kubo and chat real quick? Yo, shout out to oh, Tite no. Kubo. Thank you. you here, here's some, oh. here's some Tite Kubo. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. That's fair Ichigo. Enough. That's Ichigo screaming. <laughs> that's, that's Ichigo, Ichigo screaming. charging his Bankai. Yes, it's perfect. There you go. That's that's our Tite Kubo for the fans. Am I right? Hell yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this is incredible. But yeah, um, doesn't sound like a whole lot, but we'll see what happens. Moving on, uh, we got a new show from the director of Banana Fish, which if Matt was oh. here, he'd be freaking the fuck out because him and I watched that and that shit ruled. Say, you watched it. I did not. Yeah. Uh, I, should, I should, but I you, you really should. It is gay I as hell. Know. I do. I, I do like gay people. Yeah. You've heard uh, it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Spencer appreciates gay people. Mm -hmm. uh, but Banana Fish director Hiroko Utsumi and MAPPA unveil Giri TV anime for January. So let's read. The MAPPA Stage 2023 event on Sunday unveiled the new anime Giri from director Hiroko Utsumi and MAPPA for a January television premiere. The event revealed the anime staff, promotional video, and teaser visual. 
Uh, in addition to directing, Utsumi is also credited with the original story with series script supervisor and script writer Taku Kishimoto, Mappa, and Toho. Uh, Takahiro Kagami is serving as character designer and one of the chief animation directors. So, I don't... ANN, could you please, like, tell me what this show is about? Let's see. I'm, lo say, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Because I fucking watched a show called Bushigere. Okay. Which is very Bu funny. Bushigiri. Uh, synopsis. To all his schoolmates, Gene comes across as a hot-headed class clown from typically barging in late and sleeping the whole way through to always responding to any situation with reckless stupidity. The fact that he used to be the charismatic leader of a legendary biker gang has turned into an urban legend. However, after starting a rivalry with the captain of the school baseball team, he and two former members become their star players. But it's not long before his past catches up to him. Interesting. So it's so it's like a pseudo baseball show. Is it? That looks. I. Okay, so apparently the manga or the original anime is fucking old as hell. Because I'm looking at the key art from the ANN. Yeah. Um, page oh yeah this aired in like the late 80s the original um so it definitely has that like those 80s character designs definitely has a classic feel i look at the new one and i'm like these are not the same characters <laughs> these are not you can't you can't no. fucking tell me these are the same characters <laughs> those are not it's it's genuinely to the point where it's like i don't think it's supposed to be i think it just has the name because Maybe. it does say because the the A N N one that I'm l listening to or watching or reading calls it a original TV anime that mashes up Japanese style school delinquents and the stories of the classic collection of Middle Eastern folk tales One Thousand and One Nights. I don't know what's going on anymore. Dude. I don't know, <laughs> but yo yo, can I get a shout out to the uh, to the nineteen 89 Nippon animated Bushigiri real quick. Uh, show, yo, shout out to 1989. Chaos Emerald. If I could find that fourth Chaos Emerald, we'd have a host. We would have <laughs> a host. It wouldn't just be us. <laughs> it wouldn't just be you and I. Um, so yeah, um, I, I would have liked it if the article had told me what the show is about, but it's Mappa. It's the director of Banana Fish. He does mm -hmm. incredible work. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? J just based on like him alone being attached to this project, I will probably watch this. I will also probably watch it because it's a MAPPA show, and Lord knows I do like MAPPA. I do enjoy me some MAPPA. As long as you, you know, start, start, con sorry, continue to work on the whole payment thing. Yes, Now they do. pay their people better. Now they pay the, their people quite a bit better. They pay but, their uh, workers. It's fine. <laughs> It's not as much as, like, Toei, mind you, but it's mm -hmm. still, like, I think I read an article where it's still, like, the second or third highest in, the in like, animation right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so, good, good, but uh, what else is the MAPPA Corporation bringing us? Uh, well, speaking of which, we have our next uh, news story from the MAPPA stage event. Um, we got more details on Sunao Katabuchi's new film for context. Sunao Katabuchi is the director of In This Corner of the World. Oh, okay. So, good shit. But we got uh, D 
details on his new film, so let's read. The Map of Stage 2023 event on Sunday revealed The Morning Children, Nagiko, and the girls wearing Surubami Black. Uh, musical composer Akira Senju making a video and teaser visual for director Sunao Kutabuchi's uh, new feature-length animated film. Uh, Katabuchi began developing the project in 2017. The story is set in Kyoto during the 10th century, when the Pillow Book was written by real-life literary figure Sei Shonagon. Uh, previous video for the film teased that the film story will feature an epidemic, and teased that Sei Shonagon uh, will be a character in the film, alongside character names such as Koretada, Toninaka, uh, Chikatada, and Takai. Uh, Chie Uratani, who worked on Princess Arete, is serving as directing assistant, and Masashi Ando, who worked on The Deer King and Princess Mononoke, is the chief animation director. Toshiharo Mizutani, who worked on Akira, Children of the Whales, Banana Fish, and Little Busters, is directing the art. So, have you seen in this corner of the world, Spencer? Uh, Mank got it for me for Christmas one year. Yes, it is uh, extremely sad. Yeah, so I think that's all you need to know that yeah. this is going to fucking rule. And I just looked up the pillow book and it is. So the pillow book is a list is a is a series of lists, musings, anecdotes written by a by Sei Shogane when she was a court lady in ninth century or sorry, in 10th slash 11th century Japan. And it was never supposed to be read, but she accidentally left part of it um, on a pillow in a visiting in a and a visiting guest found it and was like, yo, this is dope. We should show people. And she's like, no, this is supposed to be for my eyes only. But they show people anyways. And it's now considered to be one of the most famous pieces of Japanese like everyday life writing. It gives people a look into the time period. Hmm, interesting. So, yes. honestly, with uh, Katabuchi attached to this and MAPPA producing it, I sold. It could be about literally anything. I'd be sold. No word on when it's coming out, though. Correct. Doesn't look like. No. Probably just more, just, just more details and just, like, general synopsis stuff. So, we probably won't be getting this for a while. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our last piece of news for the day. Uh, once again, from the Mappa Stage show, featuring Mari Okada, fan favorite here at The Gap. Fan favorite. For those who are unaware, uh, Mari Okada has written several uh, different several. shows, but is most known recently uh, for writing Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, both the manga she, and the anime. She is also famous for writing the show that gave us my, infam my infamous uh, rant that gave us oopsie daisies. I do always forget that she did write Lost Village. She wrote Lost Village. Literally the only literally the only L she's ever had. And I don't even think it was fully her L. No, I think it was just like that show was cursed from the beginning cursed. and they brought yeah. her on last minute to cut salvage it. Uh but oh, let's right. read. Let's read because she has a new film coming out soon. Um Ooh. 
The MAPPA Stage 2023 event on Sunday revealed the main cast, story introduction, a new teaser trailer, teaser visual, and September 15th release date for Mari Okada's original anime film, Alice to Therese no Maboroshi Kojo, or uh, translated to Alice and Therese's Illusion Factory. Uh, Okada is also writing a novel of the film that Katakawa Bunko will release on June 13th. The film centers on third-year middle school student Masamune, who lives in a town where time has stopped because of a sudden explosion at a steelworks factory has sealed off all exits to the town. Uh, in order to hopefully one day return to normal, the residents of the town are forbidden from changing, and they live out their gloomy everyday lives. Masamune's enigmatic classmate Atsumi leads him one day to the fifth blast furnace of the steelworks factory, and there they meet a girl who is wild like a wolf and who cannot talk. The meeting of Masamune and these two girls upsets the balance of the world. The unstoppable love impulse of the boys and girls who are tired of their everyday lives begins to destroy the world. The film will star Junya Enoki as 14-year-old protagonist Masamune, uh, Reina Ueda as Masamune's classmate Atsumi, and Misaki Kuno as the mysterious girl Itsumi. Uh, Okada is writing and directing the film, which MAPPA originally announced in 2021. Okada is also credited with the original work. Tadashi Hiramatsu is serving as assistant director, and Yuriko Ishii, who worked on Another, is designing the characters and serving as chief animation director. Kazuki Higashiji, uh, who worked on Angel Beats, oh no, is directing the art. Uh, all of the above animators collaborated on Okada's Makia when the Promised Flower Blooms film. Masaru Yokoyama, who worked on Her Blue Sky and Horamiya, is composing the music, and Warner Brothers is distributing. Man. Um, obviously, Okada is uh, based and good. And the the premise of this sounds kind of honestly, I don't know if you feel the same way, but reading that premise, I was like, is this a mm -hmm. fucking is this a fucking um is this a host of the movie? I was gonna say, is, is this a mom or a like, host is this, of the movie? Is it a is this a host of the movie? Because this sounds a hundred percent like something he would make. Is this a like yeah like Time has stopped, people trapped in uh, agony, uh, a weird wolf girl, like... Is this just Bubble? Is it... I haven't seen Bubble, so I can't say anything. Neither um, have I. If I Matt was here, it. he'd probably be like, Bubble was shit. Bubble was, was kind of mid, not gonna lie. B uh... Bubble was mid. But yeah, I'm... Honestly, I'm excited for this because Okada does some really outstanding work outside of Lost Village. Um, and literally, this this premise screams Hosoda to me. So if it has the same vibe as a Hosoda movie, I'm down. I'm 100% down. Just with slightly less radwimps. Spencer. Yes? Was that a joke? What if it was? Ha <laughs> That's right. That's the kind of yo. Can can we get a shout out to Rim Shots real quick? Yo, shout out to Rim Shots. Let's get another one in there. There we go. Wait, let's say clean one right now. 
That's right. Three rim shots. Do you know why? Because comedy comes in threes. That's right. Comedy comes in threes. That's right. Comedy comes in threes. You know what else comes? A nice hat. It, that nice hat, man. It, you, that, do, you, do you think the nice hat would have made Teru come? Can, can you just do what you did again and just replace the word come with nice hat? I'm not I'm not editing this episode. Fuck that shit. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do, okay? Yo, that not that nice hat. Yo, do you think it would have made Teru? That's as far as I'm willing to go. That's fair. That's fair. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Anyway. That's anyway. That wraps up our news, so let's get right into our featured anime of the podcast, which, like I said at the start, my pick is the sci-fi musical magic girl mecha shonen weird-ass show called Symphogear. And specifically, we are covering season one because this show has like five seasons. Uh, So we are covering the first season today. Uh, which ran from January 6th, 2012 to March 30th, 2012 for a total of 13 episodes. It was directed by Tatsufumi Ito and written by Akifumi Kaneko. Uh, and it is from Studio Satellite and Encourage Films. And it is currently licensed by Discotech Media, but it is on Crunchyroll. The whole series is all five seasons, so you can go watch it over there. Here's the premise. Two idols, Subasa Kazanari and Kanade Amo, collectively known as Veiwing, uh, battle against an alien race known as Noise using armor known as Symphogear, which uses the power of music to counteract the Noise's destructive capability. However, Kanade sacrifices herself to protect a girl named Hibiki Tachibana, who ends up with a piece of Kanade's Symphogear relic, Gungnir, embedded into her chest. Two years later, Hibiki awakens the power of the Gungnir relic inside of her body, gaining the same Symphogear armor that Kanade used to have. Using the power of song, Hibiki and her fellow Symphogear wielders must fight to protect the innocent and defeat those who would use the noise for evil. So, Symphogear. The, the, the story of how we eventually got to this point covering Symphogear is weird, because... I had never heard of this show before in my life until one day Matt and I were um, chilling on our university campus. This was back years ago when on Crunchyroll's website, they used to have a random button where you could press the random button and it would take you to the first episode of a random show. And back in the day, we would used to do that just to pass time in between classes. Uh, And one day we got Symphogear and we're like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard of this. And we watched that first episode. And 24 minutes later, we looked at each other and we're like, yo, that kind of ripped. So we've been meaning to cover it just to see what the rest of the show is like for years. Now we're finally here. Symphogear is a weird amalgamation of a bunch of different shit. It's a musical show. It's a magical girl show. It's a mecha show. It's a dumb shonen action show. But it also has a lot of serious topics and themes. It's got political intrigue it's got so much shit going on (laughs) for better or for worse spencer what did you think of season one of symphogear i think and i said it beforehand uh this uh for better or for worse is very much a first season syndrome kind of show um 
it's the show is good. In fact, I would say it's even very good. It's a solid show. But the issue is that a lot of the questions they probably answer in uh season two, Sympho Gear G, or season three, Sympho Gear GX, or season four, Sympho Gear AXZ, or season five, Sympho Gear XV. Um it's just a lot of stuff's kind of like not explained or like loosely hand waved. Um, but, but I want to get that out, out of the way because this show is radical, dude. It's fucking radical. It's the dumbest, most shonen idol, we like bullshit. And like when they're actually fighting and they're singing while fighting, it's dope. You know, it's real fucking good shit. Um, but it definitely isn't perfect, and I think it's one of those shows that gets more into, like, the 9, 10 range as you go through it. Yeah, I think I 100% agree. I really enjoyed this first season of Simple Gear. Um, at its core, it really is just a, it's a really dumb show because it's about idols who transform into like mech warriors through the power of song and they fight creatures called noise. And it's, it's just really dumb. Um, and when they are fighting, when it really wants to be good, this show fucking rules, especially in those last few episodes where it's all just like the dumbest aspects of the shows brought to the surface. That shit's radical. However, there's a lot of, weird things about the show that kind of hold it back on um, the pacing is all over the place there are episodes that feel like they're an hour and a half long and there are some episodes that feel like they go by in five minutes it's very inconsistent um there are some parts of the show that are just flat out boring <laughs> and nothing interesting is happening and they're just spouting exposition at you and half of it doesn't even make sense to begin with so you're just sitting there like I'm not following this and nothing's happening. So can we please get back to the good stuff? Thankfully it does. Um, animation is great across the board. Um, but there are times when the show looks like, butt, <laughs> like just straight up, just shat out of an animation pipeline. Um, so yeah, that's really the general vibe I get from at least this first season, this first season. It's very inconsistent. The highs are extremely high, but the lows are they can get pretty low as well. So it's a it's a very mixed bag of a show that hopefully, seeing as how there's five seasons, gets better over time. Uh, but let's get into the more detailed discussion. Let's start with our favorite episode. Spencer, what's your favorite episode of season one of Sympho Gear? Uh, my favorite episode. Give me a second Let me just to go to the list of episodes real quick so I can get the name of it. Um, is probably episode, episode 12, Sinful Gear. Okay, okay. That is the one where Hibiki loses control because, you know, Chris is quote-unquote dead, and then just starts going, Nate, going crazy, and then, and then Kadinger is like, I'm gonna blow up the moon, and then Subasa's like, "Fuck you! I'm not going to to do to let you do that." Um, 
And then Hibiki's like, oh my god, is that my friends? Because they're like... They're like singing in a weird underground bunker, but the PA system's like broadcasting their voice to the surface. It's crystal clear. It's, it's really weird. It is extremely uh, weird. It's extremely weird, but the 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 dope school anthem reaches her ears and she goes, I do have friends. I have to protect my home. I and then she's friends. like Simpho gear, and then she becomes, and then she gains wings. Yeah, and then, and then they be, they become like the 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 perfect Simpho gears, I guess. Correct. And then uh, the episode a- after that, ha- um, the the show ends with a Sonic Adventure two reference. <laughs> oh boy! Mm. <laughs> I was when I got to that point. You had already mentioned it, but then I got to that point. I was like, "What? God damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch!" Like this shit's is it just not? Is it's it, just it's the just... eclipse cannon. Yeah. It's straight up just you pulled that shit off Space Colony Arc and you threw it into Symfo Gear. It's the same shit. Trying to blow up the moon and everything. Dude. It's so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. Oh boy. But my favorite episode is the one before that. Episode eleven. I did not know this was the title of this episode until I looked it up. Shoot, Shoot the, moon. the moon. Shoot the moon, baby. <laughs> this is the episode where things literally go batshit crazy. Like literally every all all bets are off. Inhibitors are off. It's just firing on all cylinders. And there's like crazy plot twists where like the 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 weird kinky scientist lady was the main villain the whole time and it's like split personality and like she pulls out the eclipse can she's like i'm going to destroy the moon because the moon stops people from living out their dreams and then all the sinful gear girls are like no you can't shoot the moon lady won't stop you and then they fight for like 10 minutes it's 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 so stupid but i love it 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 wasn't even that um, it was the fact that it's like her plan is like, I am a thousand, you know, thousands of year old goddess who. Oh, yeah, this shit. Who whose um, consciousness was was injected into my ancestor. And then it could only be uh, unlocked via a perfect phonic noise, which Subasa just so ha- just so happens to do when she's younger, and unlocks the consciousness of this priestess from like thousands of years ago, who's like, "Listen, I loved somebody. That somebody was God. I remember G God. And it's like I just want to be able to talk to God, but then." Um, Kadinger, which is the Sumerian word for Babylon, which is the um, the the transliteration of Babel, aka the Tower of Babel, Babel which yep. is which is apparently um, used to blow up the moon because the moon <laughs> holds the secrets to speaking to God, and yeah. not just through prayer, but like literally dapping up God and being like, "Yo, what's up, bro? I'm speaking your yo, your what language. up, brother? Dap me up, dap it's me up." Like, 
It's like in D&D, these motherfuckers cast in tongues or comprehend language, and they're just like, if I blow up the moon, I can speak to God, and maybe God will love me back. And then there's all the idle, magical girl, mecha girls who are just like, um, we can't let you do that, so we're gonna fight you while also singing our songs from our hearts. So episode 11 is 100% the embodiment of how crazy Symphogear can get. And I really, I really hope. I really, really hope it carries that level of insanity into the next few seasons. Because oh, if if season two is just all that shit, 10 out of 10 right there. 10 out of oh. 10. 10. Off the bat. Oh, it's insane. But um, let's go over to it's Matt, who finally got his notes to me, so he has stuff to say. Yo, so, shout out to Matt. Shout out to Matt, who is unfortunately dead. It's crazy. It's no use! But, um, so he said general thoughts. Show fucking rules, the kind of show clearly made by insane people, and therefore, for insane people, and therefore a good show. Shockingly gay as hell, and not in the Yuri Bait way but like in the this is just one scene away from a full makeout session type of gay, which he is 100% correct. Hibiki and Miku, 100% aren't. Have the hots for each other. They sleep in the same bed, and Hibiki's like, yo, I gotta get back to the place where I'll be warmest, which is spooning my best friend in our dorm room. <laughs> this, th- this show's crazy. Anyway. Uh, he said his favorite episode is the finale. Meteoroids falling, burning, disappearing. And then... For its impressive animation and satisfying wrap-up the, of the season story. So, uh, shout-out to the boy Matt, who uh, for his uh, nuanced thoughts. Alright, that's enough. So, in a show, you have characters. Spencer, who's mm-hmm. your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character in Sinfogear is, let me get their name properly, it is Genjiro Kazanari. Oh, okay, so the, the commander. The commander-in-chief. Who doesn't even have a Sinfogear, but he, like, punches boulders and concrete and shit? The, that was the coolest thing when he's taken on Fine, and he, like, like stomps the ground and then kicks like pieces of rubble that just goes Poosh! and just man man was earth bending <laughs> man was earth bending he's like i just have uh martial arts and i'm a fan of uh action movies and, uh, <laughs> and he's literally I'm tearing st- up highways <laughs> he's like i'm strong enough uh to just not need a symfo gear I am str- I am never, strong enough to in Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction my way up a skyscraper, grab a helicopter out of the air and pile drive it into the nearest pedestrian block. It's never explained why. <laughs> just he, go with he, it, dude. Just go with it. Man is just like Man's yo, just strong. Yeah, yes. So I like uh so I like watched like all the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I like, I like Bruce break. Lee movies. <laughs> Yo, I like Bruce Lee movies, so, like, I dressed up as, like, Bruce Lee with Hibiki, and I taught her how to punch good, uh, so she has the ability to punch, uh, and also the ability to sing music, um, pretty cool. Which I can't do, I'm like, I'm like a a 40-something-year-old Japanese man. 
Anyways, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> just some rocks. Dexter. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He is a cool motherfucker. I will give you that. He's a cool motherfucker. Um, my favorite character, and I have a feeling this is 100% obvious, Yukine Chris. Yep. That, yeah. that, that checks out. That checks yeah. out. That, that's a Shane character. That's a Shane character right there. Um, not only just because she's fucking hot, um, but also I think her, along with Hibiki, is just one of the more interesting characters in the show because she's the child soldier character. Uh, her parents were killed at a young age. She was abandoned. No one wanted her. So the evil organization took her in and taught her how to fight. And that's all she's known most of her life. So she she has this weird, uh, she has this weird, what, God, I'm blanking on the term. It's when you, like, end up liking your kidnapper. Oh, um, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm, so she has this weird Stockholm Syndrome with Fine, where she's like, she's like a mother to me, and I love her, and I respect her, and I do whatever she wants, but then Fina's like, I have no use for you anymore, and she's like, what, what? And then she's like, I don't know how to exist as my own person anymore. All I've known is how to fight and how to take orders. And then Hibiki and her magical friendship squad is like, you can think for yourself and you can be a good person as long as you allow yourself to be. And she's like, you're not my mom. And then she like punches her and runs away. But then she eventually comes around. She's like, you know what? Maybe I can like be true to myself and maybe I can be a good person. And maybe I can, you know, have friends. So. This show gets really <sighs> caught up in its own bullshit a lot of the times. Yes. Um, thankfully, though, a lot of the character dynamics are pretty like clear cut. And I think Chris is one of the more interesting ones and one of the more mm -hmm. satisfying ones when she eventually finally does come around and gets out of her own head. And she realizes, oh, I don't have to fight alone anymore. I can like be a part of a team and I can rely on people. And they won't take advantage of me. It's just a real. It's just really satisfying to see. Um, Matt's favorite character, I could see this coming from a mile away, is Hibiki, strong yep. protagonist who stands out from other magical girl heroines due to her power set and relationships. Also, she cute. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stands out from other magical girl heroines due to her power set. She punches shit really hard. It's because man with tie that is constantly tucked into pockets. Yeah, uh, what, pockets. what is the deal with that? It looks cool. Shut up. Does it, though? Yes. Are you going to argue with the man who took a pebble and turned it into a cannonball? Uh, fair enough. He would fucking tear me apart like a phone book. Exactly. We're just going to let the dead air keep going until you acknowledge that joke. Um, Shane is a bisexual man. Yes, and what and about it? You are too! <laughs> shit, you're right. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, oh, God, well, uh, uh, this can't come out until, until June. Yeah, I'm going to delay the episode. Like what? Three more days. <laughs> like three more days. So that this part in particular is legal. Yes, it it is illegal to be gay. Uh, Eleven or twelve months. Yes. Yo, yo, 
Can we get a shout out to uh, uh, being gay uh, real quick? And, 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 can we get a second shout out of similar nature for being straight? That's right. Now, can we also get a shout out for being both? That's right. That's my spinus when I see a woman or a man. <laughs> when, I, when I have inter intercourse with a lady. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> uh, that's, 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 okay. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, with a favorite character, nice must come talk. a least favorite. Thank you. Must come okay. a least favorite. Spencer, who's your least favorite character in Sinfo Gear? Uh, it's probably uh, Fine. Or, yeah. Uh, I will, I, I will agree with you. I will agree with you. Mainly just because the... the also, she... It's mainly 50-50 between her just being a creep and also yeah. her character just not making any sense. Ah, uh, I'm going to destroy the moon with the power of the Tower of Babel, which had nothing to do with the moon unless through some extremely specific circumstance, the show is trying to state that the moon is heaven and God exists on the moon? Because what if he does, though? Whole, because, well, if he does, then holy shit... The entire Roman Catholic Christian religion should really live on the moon. You know who else is on the moon? I think Anel, right? Anel is on the moon. Yes, Anel's on the moon. He's gathering That's an army on the moon, waiting to strike. Surprisingly, I, not an army of Lunarians. Nothing to do with the moon. No, I can't wait for the time. I can't wait for the moment when Anel comes back from the moon. He has a whole army, and you literally have Gear Five Luffy and fucking Shanks. Yeah. and Mihawk and all these people who would just one-shot him at this point, and he's like, well, fuck. Welp. Oh, bother. Anyway, um, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. She's a creep, and uh, she doesn't make sense, and I don't like her. Yeah. Now, um, I see, I also am a, a bit of a fan of something called the moon, so I don't like when people mess with my uh, with my 26th favorite celestial body. It's, um, it's crazy how a lot of my favorite media just has something out for the moon, man. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. what it is. Sonic Land Adventure 2, Sonic Land Adventure of the two. Lustrous, uh, Dragon this? Ball. Dragon Ball? Like, I don't, I don't get it. All, all of, of your favorite homies really do be saying, fuck the moon. All my yeah. homies hate the moon. All my homies hate the moon. Yo, can we get a shout out to hating the moon? Thanks. Damn. Uh, hey, hey, hey. You know what they say, right? They say... Hamter. God damn it, I was about to click the Hamter button. <laughs> we got double Hamter. Double Hamter. And you know who, you know who else is here to put in their two cents? Hello. U.S. President oh Joe Biden. Current U.S. President Joe Biden. Hello. What? Wh Hello. Hi. What do you have to say to, to to us? Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't Bonk. believe. He's a <gasps> bonk. 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 Mr. Bonk. 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 B
Mr. President, you can't be bonking people. The last person to bonk somebody was impeached, kind of, but not really. That, of course, being the great and not dead <laughs> Billiam S. Clinton. Oh, great. That's that's Big now Joe laughing Sam's at you. Now Sam's Undertale is with Big Joe laughing at me. Yeah. Fuck, They're, they're about to hit the gritty on your ass, dude. I'm about to, don't hit the gritty. That'll send me into a catatonic state, the likes of which I will that'll, never, ever get out of. That'll send you become, straight to hell. That'll send me straight to hell. And guess what? I'm going to go. I'm doom guy. Oh, shit. You're right. Anyway. Uh, Matt's least favorite character is that he didn't have one because he legit doesn't know. More than likely, he's just blanking on their name. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a least favorite character for him against his will, and he's awesome. gonna find out who it is when he eventually listens to this episode because I know he's gonna listen to it. Hi Matt, fuck you. Hi. Um, your least favorite character in Sinfo Gear is U.S. President Joe Biden. It's true. It's true. Hello. You're uh. And see, he's oh, still well. such a nice guy about it. He's- he still says hello to you, Matt, and he's your least favorite character in Symphogear. Yeah. Do you know who my favorite character is, aside from Genjiro? Um, motherfucking American hero, Gil Carter. I'm making fucking mac and cheese, and nobody can stop me! Exactly. I'm making mac and cheese. Anyway, um, let's move on right into just general discussion. Let's talk about some stuff we did like. About Sinful Gear, Spencer. What did you like about Sinful Gear season one? I liked, unsurprisingly, the music. Yeah, I mean when you was... when your when your premise is that you have uh, girls who use the power of song to activate their shonen bullshit powers, you kind of have to have good music to go along with it. And thankfully, the show has that in spades. Obviously, the highlights are the actual musical numbers themselves, which unfortunately are so low in the mix with everything else going on, you can barely hear them. But when you can hear them, they fucking rip. Yes. Uh, I, th- I think it, it has a really solid transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a lot like- shorter than other yes. shows of this kind, too, which is very nice, especially when it's uh, repeated several times. Correct. Um, I think the fact that they have like Latinate music to like transform mm-hmm. um, is really dope. Uh, I think calling their like ultimate suicide move their swan song their, is no their really climax cool. song. Is it the is is the fan sub different than the official sub? Yeah, because the the version I watch on Crunchyroll it's called climax song. It's oh. called the the climax. Okay, never mind. That's that's I that's fine. I'm gonna say Swan Song is cooler. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll agree there. Swan Song is cooler. So watch the fan sub. But hey, uh, the, the climax sounds pretty cool too when they're about to fucking yeet themselves. That's true. So both are good. I respect both of them. So you know what? I take it back. You can watch the fan sub or the official translation. Completely up to you. Remember to support um, the official release of your favorite media because but, you're lining corporations' pockets. Correct. And also make sure to pirate everything yes. because sometimes that media isn't legally available anymore. And you don't owe big corporations shit. 
Exactly. But continue to line their pockets. But please continue to buy all of your favorite name brand products. Yeah. Obviously from third-party sellers, that way the big companies don't get the money. Mm. I mean, they still make royalties because it's their brand. My brand. My brand. Anyway, what else did you like about the damn show? Uh, I thought characters were very gay. Um, extremely gay. Extremely gay. I think Miku is great, and I did read that Miku becomes something in the in the upcoming seasons. Oh, uh, does she become a Sinfo Gear? She gets a Sinfo Gear. Yes. Hell yes. Uh, so that's that's dope. Um, and then like in this in season two, they get like three or four more Sinfo Gear girls. Mm, okay. I'm assuming uh, so, it's one of the yeah, I'm assuming it's 100 percent one of those kind of things where the cast just like exponentially keeps growing every season. Yes. Um when it got to the like the fight scenes, it was really well animated. Yeah. Very it was a very frenetic pace. It was very fast and loose, unlike our favorite anime King's Game, which was <laughs> a slideshow. Yep. Um and just like King's Game, unfortunately, um, nobody caught on fire, unlike King's Game. That, yeah, that's real unfortunate, but... But we did have somebody hack the mainframe, so... That is true. So, it all comes back. It's full circle. Yep, all comes full circle, baby. What about you, Shane, the host? I mean, I really, I really just have to agree. Um, music slapped, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing as how it's it shows itself it, it the premise depicts it as a music show it kind of needs that thankfully it does um, did you know and, in season yeah. two evan call joins as a composer huh yes damn yes making those big bucks exactly from satellite <laughs> yeah from satellite yeah um Animation is great in the action scenes. Not so much anywhere else, but that's okay. Um, really nice cast of characters. Uh, you have a lot of tropes here. Um, you know, you have the the fish out of water who's like a, a big ball of energy, but she just wants to help people. You have the the edgy loner who went through a tragedy and can't trust anyone. You have the concerned best friend who gets a little too involved. Um, you got the whole menagerie of uh, tropes here, but they all work pretty well in their roles, uh, all things considered. Um, action is great, just not even from a uh, general animation perspective, just like the boards and the, the choreography are also really cool. It really shows off uh, how dynamic the their fighting styles, each girl's fighting style is. Yep. Um, I like that Hibiki is a punch ghost. She, Hibiki, she Hibiki is a punch like, ghost, yeah. She's basically like, a stand. She's basically a stand. Like, she basically has, like, pile bunkers attached to her, like, gauntlets. And you got, um, Subasa has the big sword. Um, Chris ha- is the long range, so she's got, like, mini guns and missile launchers and stuff like that. And it, it really shows off each girl's, uh, abilities and combat, uh, movesets really well. Um, and overall, it's just it, it's just a, a, a pretty good show. Now, let's get into what Matt thought. 
were uh, general praises. Uh, animation mm-hmm. is strong throughout with great storyboarding, great characterization of its leads, and solid world building. Music is the highlight, of course, and how it is integrated into the story is unique and fun. Incredible. Thank you for that, Matt. Thank you for that. We appreciate you. That's our host. From the grave. From the grave. All right, that's enough praise. Uh, let's get into the stuff we didn't like as much. So, Spencer, what's uh, what's some of your nitpicks, your criticisms of Sinful Gear like, Season 1? Like I said in the beginning, it's very much shit is either not explained or explained a little bit, and then the show goes, man, maybe you should check out the second season. Um, definitely has that first arc slash first season syndrome where it's like it's just setting everything up. And then from there on, they can kind of pick and choose what they want to go forward with, you know, um, how they want to handle characters, add characters, track characters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the more benign, like basic a- animation can be kind of stiff mm-hmm. and kind of it, it just makes it's just kind of unfortunate that they couldn't keep at least decent to good animation for the non-fight scenes, it really feels like they they blew their budget and their storyboards on well, the fight scenes. I mean, that's the thing. Like, even modern-day uh, Light is like that. A lot of their shows mm-hmm. are pretty hit and miss in terms of animation. This was 2012 Light. I know. So, imagine how much more uh, limited they were back then compared to now. Mm-hmm. Uh... But like, like I said, those are mostly just like first season nitpicks, you know, things where it's like, I know it probably is better and it probably gets answered. Um, but uh, for the time being, it, it was pretty much just that where it's like first season has its, its issues, kind of absolute bullshit bonkers that makes zero sense that they want to mm-hmm. blow up the moon. Um but yeah, it's really it. Kind of yeah. nitpicky. Yeah, I have to. Well, like I said at the beginning, um, animation is inconsistent. Uh, the general vibe is inconsistency because the animation can be really good, but it can also be pretty at times. So that's inconsistent. Um, the pacing was the main issue for me. It is all over the place. Uh, sometimes it moves super quick. Sometimes it moves super slow. Um, and because of that, it feels like a lot of time. It feels like a lot of the show is dragging its feet. Like it feels like in some places, it takes a lot to get going. Um, also, spawning off of that, it really, it really has this like uneventful, boring feeling to it. Sometimes I feel like for at least like a quarter of the show, I was just bored. Because they're spouting exposition at you for things that don't make sense, that aren't explained, and you're just sitting there like, no, <laughs> I I don't know what you're saying to me, so I'm not going to pay attention. Um, and yeah, I feel like for a first season, yes, it is the 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 build up, it is the the cornerstone, it's setting things up for the future, but they take on a lot in this one 13 episode season and because of that that also adds to the inconsistent pacing and the tone and 
just all the weird exposition dumps that are present through sprinkled throughout the season. It's just like I said, just the the general vibe is inconsistency. A lot of it is good, and I would say it is a good show, but a lot of it is very, very messy. And it's some it's stuff that I hope gets remedied from season two onwards, and I hope it just keeps getting better from there. Um, now let's get to Matt's general criticisms. What has he got to say? Feels tonally confused at points, unsure of what direction it wants to be. As much as I love the musical numbers, it also never lives up to the original premise of being a musical anime, and instead feels more like a magical girl show with musical bits in it. I can agree with that. Like I said, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, the the songs are just playing in the background while they're fighting, and because of the way the the sound mixing is, you don't really hear a lot of the songs themselves. They're relatively low in the mix compared to the general VA and the sound effects and everything else. Uh, when you do hear those songs, they do rip, but the musical aspect of it doesn't seem like it's a hugely important factor. It just feels like it's a little bit of like a gimmick that's thrown on top of it. It's like, oh, they're like magical girls kind of, but they use music to gain their powers, but the music aspect doesn't play into the greater picture a whole lot. Um, but with that said, I think I think we can wrap things up here. So Spenny, what's your final score mm-hmm. for Sympho Gear Season 1? Uh, my final score for Sympho Gear Season 1 is a we're going to go very high seven. A high seven out of ten. I am going to agree with you there. I'm going high seven. Not quite an eight. There's too many nope. things wrong with it. It's too confused. It's too heavy. Uh, and it's got too many things to work out. But hopefully they can fix some of that stuff in season two onward and they can start getting into that eight and nine territory. Uh, Matt? Yeah, exactly is the the more lenient of us he gave it a final score of eight i'm assuming that's a low eight he didn't really give me any like final thoughts or conclusions but matt the host ripping pasta gave simple gear eight out of ten so with that said that means we can go right into our next featured anime if you don't know how this works we usually alternate between a pick from matt and me and a randomizer from the random anime generator. Simple Gear was my pick, so we are back around to the randomizer. And since it's the two of us here today, um, mm-hmm. we could either go just a regular old randomizer, or we could go with a meta, because Spencer is the only one of the four main hosts who has a meta remaining. So Spencer, will you be yes. using your meta? I will be using my meta. All right, That's let's right. get this shit show on the road. You said you already have the randomizer up, so I'll let you put it in. That is correct. And you can so, run us through the steps. I will run it through the steps. So, uh, normal stuff, single, any language, genre. TV rating is TVMA. Okay, so it's got some blood uh, and or titties. It's got some blood and or titties and or gore. Um, watch links, we can just put all the legal just stuff. Just put all of them, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, Crunchyroll, Funimation, and High Dive. Okay. Episodes two. I say, yeah, we'll go two to 12. 
Okay. So shorter one. It's a shorter one, single core. Score is an eight to an eight. Oh, so oh, it's high up. It's high up there. Yep. Release date is 2020 to 2020. Yeah, I know so what it's it a is. Relatively recent one. I know what it is. Included genres are action, adventure, mm-hmm. yep, comedy, fantasy, horror, yeah, magic, seinen. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Excluded genres are everything else. Alrighty, so you just double check Arena all that, and then you can plop that shit yep. in. And we will see. I have a good suspicion of what his meta is going to be because he had a definitive meta last year that he changed last minute. And we knew what his original meta was going to be. And this sounds very much like that show. So we will see if that is the case this time around. So, Spencer, whenever you're ready. Yep. So just to go through it one more time, TV rating, TVMA, all legal things, two to 12 episodes, eight to an eight, 2020 to 2020, including action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, horror, magic, seinen, excluding everything else, generate single random anime. And we are doing the 2020 early uh, action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, horror, magic, seinen, Doro, hey, Doro. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Fucking knew it. Uh, to give you guys, to give the fans a bit of a uh, a, a description, Hole, a dark, decrepit, and disorderly district where the strong prey on the weak and death is an ordinary occurrence, is all but befitting of the name given to it. A realm separated from law and ethics, it is a testing ground to the magic users who dominate it. As a race occupying the highest rungs of their society, the magic users think of the denizens of Hole as no more than insects. Murdered, mutilated, and made experiments without a second thought, the powerless hole dwellers litter the halls of Hole's Hospital on a daily basis. Possessing free access to and from the cesspool, and with little challenge to their authority, the magic users appear indomitable to most, aside for a few. Caban, more reptile than man, is one such individual. He hunts them on a heedless quest for answers with only a trusted pair of bayonets, and his immunity to magic. Cursed by his appearance and tormented by nightmares, magic users are his only clue to restoring his life to normal, with his biggest obstacle being his stomach. His female companion, Nikaido, who runs the restaurant Hungry Bug, is his greatest ally. Set in a gritty world of hellish design, Doro Hey Doro manages a healthy blend of comedy and lightheartedness with death and carnage, taking plenty of twists and turns while following the lives of Hole's residents. It weaves a unique world of unearthly origin and dreary appearance, not for the squeamish or easily disturbed. It I'm is excited. Legally available. It is legally available on Netflix. Yeah, it's um, a Netflix show. Uh, directed by Yuichiro Hayashi, written by our friend Hiroshi Seko from Studio Mappa. It is something that, uh, let's say, be prepared for more people next time. Yeah, I I know that much. Um, I'm excited because I've been meaning to watch Doro Hedoro for a long time now, and I was ready to watch it last year, but then you changed your meta last minute. But then again, we got link clicks, so I'm not I'm not complaining about that. But yeah, uh, we will be watching the CG animated 
map a show doro hey doro next time on the gap but with that said we can wrap things up here thank you all very much for watching another episode of the gap podcast i I'm Shane the Beer One. I have been your host for today. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash beergamingnetwork, where I post a whole plethora of great gaming content, including Let's Plays, unboxings, previous live streams, podcasts, and other great stuff. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, at BeardedGamingN, where I post my opinions on many different things, including video games, anime, mangoes, movies, TV, a bunch of other shit. And I also post a lot of funny memes, funny haha. Make you go, huh. And also, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash TheBeardedGamingNetwork, where I stream regularly, not at the moment, because I'm on a bit of a hiatus trying to rework my schedule now that I'm working full-time, but don't worry, by the end of June, I will be back full throttle, so just bear with me for a minute. Uh, with me, I have my co-host, Spencer. You can find him on Twitter at BerryBurton with two E's. Two E's! Uh, where he posts uh, a bunch of cosplay pictures and is also the fan page for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, yeah, not yeah. as chaotic an episode as I was expecting. No, I mean, thank you for coming on this journey with us, uh, fellow fans of The Gap. Uh, next fellow time fans around. Of chaos. Yep. The denizens of chaos. Uh, chaos. Wish chaos i've come to kill chaos and we have come to welcome you uh to the end of this podcast i of course <laughs> yes have been spencer aka big news Morgan, i just did AKA, the outro what are you doing i we're doing it again shut up aka okay. beery burton with how many e's two e's two e's and you can follow my twitter where i i follow i uh, post uh shit posts uh, thinly veiled politicalness and also titties and boo-boos. Titty. Um, and also, Shane, you can follow him at Bearded Gaming. <laughs> okay. Just, re just redo my fucking outro, please. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, Denison's of Chaos, baby! Woo! I've, I've come to kill Chaos. Plays Limp Biscuit on his fucking Microsoft Zune. <laughs> Bullshit. And then, then he plays Limp Biscuit. Bullshit. Bullshit. Anyway. It's been a great episode. Thank you all for watching. And we will see you in two weeks for the next episode where we'll be, we will be covering Doro Hey Doro. So take care, everyone. Uh, be kind to each other. Um, yep. eat, eat your peas. Yep. And uh, don't commit tax evasion. Yo, yo, can I get a shout out real quick to um, motherfucking Al Gore? That's actually a quote that's, from Al that's, Gore. Uh, that's a quote from Al Gore during the height of his presidency. He was never president. <laughs> during the height of his campaign for presidency. There we go. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get the gold